Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Debbie Eberly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. I want you to go to 1 Peter 5, 7. 1 Peter 5, 7, and let me read that as you're turning there. Casting the whole of your care, casting half of your care, Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, this is in the Amplified, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on Him. For He cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. So when you came, when you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you laid down all the burdens, right? Well, if you didn't, you need to. So we receive Jesus Christ in our Lord and Savior, as our Lord and Savior. And really the predominant sin there is not receiving Jesus as Lord. So in Christ, we've been made a new creation. Really our human spirit becomes new with the divine life of God. And deposited in us are all the things of our salvation. Uh, and all the fruit of the Spirit, well, really, that are in seed form, but the joy and, and love and, and, and faith and kindness and gentleness and self-control and, and all the fruit of the Spirit that's mentioned there in Galatians 5, is deposited into our spirit. And to develop our spirit, uh, we've got to read the Word. Just like to develop your body, you have to, you know, eat food and you need to drink water. Well, we need the washing of the water of the word and it renews our mind and develops our heart. But our, our mind is different from our heart. It's a different place. It's a different locality completely. So it's not the same thing, but they produce the same things. So when we're renewing our mind, uh, actually we're feeding on the word of God. We're hearing and we're doing so hear and do. Yes. Uh, and so it's a renovation process, just like we talked about when we come in here and if we change out the carpet, we're changing out uh, something old and replacing it with something else, right? So we're renovating. Well, when we renovate our mind, we're changing out old mindsets. And, and we're putting new mindsets, but you've got to do something. You've got to speak the word of God, which is primarily uh, uh, our, our, our faith is, starts with our speaking. And you act on what God's word says. And you act on what the Holy Ghost witnesses in your spirit. That is the doing part. So we hear the word, but we also do. Right? So casting the whole of your care really is using our faith. We're casting down by faith the old mentalities. So I want to, uh, so really that, that word means to cast, to throw upon. Now in Psalms 37, 5, we'll read that in the Amplified Psalms 37, 5. You can just write that down. Commit your way to the Lord. Roll and repose each care of your load on him. Trust, lean on, rely on, and be confident also in him. And he will bring it to pass. In other words, he will bring to pass what you are acting on in faith, what you are doing with the word that you're believing upon, because faith is, faith is a foundation of God's word that we believe in his word. In other words, specific scriptures uh, that provide us what we need. If we need healing, you start meditating on healing scriptures. You need prosperity, you start meditating on prosperity scriptures. Whatever You need peace, start, really you've got the peace of God inside. And all of these things come from the divine life inside. We're empowered to prosper. 
We have healing inside of us, all because of the divine life of God. We have the peace. We have the love. We have the joy. But we've got to draw them out. So anyway, here's the process. We're meditating on the word, like Joshua 1.8 says, or you could go back to Proverbs 4. We like to use the scripture, 20 and 22. Attend to my words, incline your ear unto my sayings, let them not depart from your sight, keep them in the midst of your heart for their life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. And that word health means medicine. So the divine life of God is inside of you and you gain an understanding from meditating on the word of God. You're looking at it at every angle. uh, and, And understanding rises when you're hearing the word. Faith comes by hearing, but hearing by the word, you already have a measure of faith, but that understanding rises as you read the Word of God. I call it faith's understanding rises in your heart as you see what you need to do with it. So you've been attending and you see, okay, I need to act on this uh, because I'm dealing with what I'm dealing with sickness and disease. I'm dealing with addictions. I'm dealing, you know, I just need some peace. So much anxiety going on. And, And so you see in the Word of God that He has freed you He's freed you from oppression in your mind. Uh, He's freed you from sickness and disease. He's freed you from poverty and lack. Really, we have a threefold redemption. uh, He's forgiven you of sin. He's healed you. He's prospered you. But whatever you need, he has delivered you from destruction. That's what that word means. In salvation, he's delivered you. In redemption, he's bought you with the price. The price of his blood. So what's the process? So we lay down or we cast down whatever the issue is, whether that's sickness or whether that's disease. And notice something. Where do you have to cast it down from? Well, the symptoms, you know, the symptoms in your body. No, from what you're thinking on. You've got to cast down the thoughts of I'm sick. You've got to cast down the thoughts of I'm broke. You've got to cast down the thoughts of I need peace. Yeah, but how do I cast the feelings? You know what? We cast the thought of it down and then we line our thought up with what the word says. In other words, the mind has got to agree with the understanding of the heart. So that's the developed heart. A developed heart is one that gets understanding and acts on that. A renewed mind is one that is enlightened by the heart, agrees with the heart, and acts on it. So they're producing the same thing. A renewed mind and a developed heart is producing someone who is hearing and doing, and they're getting the promises. They're profiting. So we've got to cast down, first of all. So let's go. Uh, we've got to roll and repose those things over on the Lord once and for all. <clears throat> Notice, uh, let's go to Colossians 3. And you might say, sometimes I've got to cast it down four or five times a day and more. Uh, well, a lot of us have to do that. But really, you can do it once and for all if you choose to catch the thoughts. And where do the thoughts come from? Are you in Colossians yet? Well, I'm getting there. Where do the thoughts come? From the devil. 
And we talked about that spirit of fear that comes. And, and, and it's really the devil coming like an angel of light, so to speak. And he's saying things to you, trying to get you to take hold of what you've been redeemed from. I've been redeemed from oppression of mind. I've been redeemed from sickness and disease. So when the thought comes, okay, you're sick. You feel that? Come on. Or uh, uh, symptoms of uh, I, I just I'm sweating and palpitations. You understand? There's so much anxiety. I need peace. I need peace. But really, the thought is there that you are full of 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 oppression, and and and, and you're never going to get through that situation, and and, and you're going to fail. And that means that you're looking back at the past. So in Colossians 3, 1, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Uh, Well, how do I seek the things that are above? Well, let's go on. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. That doesn't mean that you don't think about anything natural, but you keep it in the positive light. You have a mindset uh, to look at God's word. So set your mind means change your mind to right mindsets of God's word. Set. How do you set? Just like you set something in stone or, or, or in a pottery class, you know, that, that pot has to set. You've got to bake it in the oven or whatever, however they do it for it to set. Yeah. Well, you let the word of God, you meditate on it, you meditate on it. And then understanding rises. That's when you set it. That's when you use your faith. When understanding rises, which again, faith's understanding, then you say, By Jesus' stripes, I was healed. So I received that healing. So you can go and ask the Father for healing, but really you've already received it. It says, ask in my name and you shall receive. Um, uh, Or you can just claim it. That word ask means to ask, call for, or require. Just like if somebody were to receive the deed to a house and and, uh, they go to the person uh, that they they got that from and said, you know, please, 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 can I have that house? It's yours already. It's yours. You just need to take the key and go in and unlock the door and walk in it. In order to set your healing, you've got to believe that you receive it according to Mark 11, you know, 23 there, 24. You've got to believe that you receive it and then you start talking about it, talking about it. Every time you say something, every time you say something, every time you act on what you believe, that, that, that it's getting more solidified. The word is working. The power of God is really working that thing. When you believe that you received it, you received it with the hand of faith right then and there, but the power is producing it. The power is bringing it to pass. Amen. So we've got to set these right mindsets by hearing and by doing. In in verse 5, it says, Put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil, desire, covetousness, idolatry. I know, I know, disobedient. I know, I know, I've been disobedient. Well, you're here. Somebody was obedient because you are sitting in the chair. 
tell yourself, I did something right today. Let up on yourself. You're here. You've been obedient. You came. You overcame. You got in the car. You turned the key. You drove it here. Just do it on Wednesday and do it on next Sunday and do it on the next Sunday and do it on the next. And as you just keep coming and hearing and hearing, and then you're going to start desiring to do it more at home. And you're going to have more strength to turn off the things that are, that are producing evil thoughts. You see, but you've got to be in the places that help you to set that in your life. What do you mean help to set that? In other words, as you start receiving it by faith and saying it, it's going to set. It's going to be solidified in your life. It's going to come to pass. It's going to manifest. So in verse 8, put off these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, and I'll say that put off shame. Because there's two things. We've got to believe on the name of Jesus and we've got to walk in love. That is the commandment for the New Testament church. Believe on the name and walk in love. So if you are in offense in any way, shape, or form, cast it off. Gain an understanding. I need to walk in love with my spouse. I need to walk in love with. And and if you miss it, get back up. Get back up. So that's the process. We gain understanding. We renew our minds and we develop our hearts. We do something with the understanding. I'll, I'll, I'll back up a little bit. When we do something with faith's understanding, when we act on it, then we're renewing our mind and we're developing our hearts. We're setting it. Yes. And the power is producing it yes. at the same time as we speak it and we speak it and we speak it. Uh, but we've got to put it off by faith, put off sickness, put off oppression, put off shame by faith. And then we pick something up in the place of that. What do we pick up? Healing. So you lay down sickness and you pick up healing. You lay down oppression, you pick up peace. You gotta lay down the old if you want it change out for the new. And you've got to do it by faith. It says, put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. And that's a revelation knowledge. In other words, you are renewed in a revelation of what God's word says and you're acting on it. In verse 12, it says, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long suffering. You can do it. Tell your neighbor you can do it. You may not feel like it because you need to set some things in motion. And the feelings will change as you start to believe that you receive, speak it with your mouth. Stop looking back at the old mentality. Stop listening to the voice of that spirit of fear. Things will begin to change. So that's the process. Now, we also talked about what anxiety is here, and we gave you a definition. So let's, let's go back to that definition again, all right? A painful or apprehensive uneasiness of mind, usually over an impending or anticipated ill. In other words, a, fa- a, a fear of failure. We're listening to what the enemy says instead of what God's word says. Fearful concern or interest. And abnormal, notice, abnormal, it's not normal. You see, your body was not meant to handle long extended times 
of anxiety, an abnormal and overwhelming sense of apprehension and fear over often marked by psychological signs of sweating, tension, increased pulse, by doubt concerning the reality and nature of the threat, and by self-doubt about one's capacity to cope with it. So we're thinking about what we can't do rather than what we can in Christ. We're thinking how sickness and disease is taking us over, taking our family over, rather than about what Christ did on the cross. You know, years ago, I was dealing with symptoms. I was just a young girl, you understand? And I was dealing with symptoms in my body, and I went to the doctor, and they told me that I needed to have surgery. And, you know, I was a little exasperated because they're giving you medications, and they're doing this, and they're diagnosing, you know, every other week something, and, and, and now they tell me I'm going to have to get my female organs cut out, and I'm like, dear God, I have a covenant. But, you know, back at that time, I didn't understand my covenant as well. I'd heard, I knew that healing was for me, but how do I switch it out with the surgery stuff? You know, how do I, how do I switch it out with this sickness? It's all these symptoms that are going on. And my thought was, okay, I'm a youth leader. I'm a good person. You you know, I minister to people. Therefore, I should be healed. Uh, How many know that doesn't come by works? What does it come by? Faith. Now, you understand obedience is good and the promises. In other words, obedience is a door that we walk through. But it's not by your good works that you're producing power. Or that you're drawing from the divine life of God within. It's by your faith. So you got to lay down that shame mentality if I've missed it. If you've missed it, just get back up and brush yourself off and say, I'm sorry, Lord. But the thing is, our mind, because it's been programmed to do this, and uh, the devil, he, he'll chime in with his you know, waggy finger, and he'll say, you did this, and you did that, and therefore healing can't be yours. Well, you just got to turn around and say, you know what? It doesn't matter what I've done. It doesn't matter what I feel like. It doesn't matter what you say. God's word says I'm healed. And therefore, that's the time that you just go back and you meditate on the scriptures, meditate on the scriptures, and then you cast uh, that, that, that lion devil, you tell him, shut up, you know. You, you tell him that from the very beginning. But you give him the word that you've received for yourself, is what I'm saying. Now, if the time that he comes and accuses you of this, that, or the other, if, if you're not quite in faith yet about it, you've got to go back to the word. That's what I'm trying to say. And you've got to believe that you receive it by faith. If you've been meditating on the word and you've got a whole truckload of you know, faith going on there, then you can just speak it at that time. I'm just saying, make sure that you're in faith. Make sure that you're in faith. Believe that you receive it. And the devil will keep coming back even while you're in faith and and he'll wag his finger and he'll say, well, you got, you know, what about this symptom? And he'll turn it up. What about this? No, I'm healed. I'm full of life. And I refuse to look back at the pain I used to deal with. I refuse to look back at, you know, every January I get the flu. I refuse to, to get back, to look back on what I used to have to live in. I refuse to look back. I don't care if it was yesterday. I don't care if it was 50 times yesterday that I yielded to oppression of mind. You got to get in the word. Faith will rise in your heart. And then you believe that you receive it by faith and you put on the new man by speaking it out, speaking it out, speaking it out. So that's the process.
Notice it says a painful or apprehensive uneasiness of mind. That's why we've got to set the mind to the things of God's word and speak it and speak it and speak it and speak it. And and the power of God will produce it in our life. Amen. So it's the hearers and the doers which will have the manifestation of what they believe that they've received. It's the hearers and the doers that will have the manifestation of what they believe that they've received. Amen. So we also talked about how uh, that anxiety comes, again, from a spirit of fear that wants to talk in your ear or that comes to talk into your ear. We know that, he, that the devil came uh, after Jesus got, well, let's go, go to look for, let's go to look for. Got so much that I, that I want to say that we would just want to say it all at one time. So Luke chapter 4, let's, let's go there. Just recapping some things. So that spirit of fear comes to challenge us. And if we are not in faith, we can tell him to shut up, but we got to go to the word. So he'll come to challenge our faith or he will come to challenge us actually getting into faith. You have to, you have to assess where you are. Am I in faith? Am I not in faith? If you are not in faith, go to the scriptures. If you need healing for your body, go to Isaiah. 55, 3 through 5. Is it 53? Yeah, thank you. 53, 3 through 5. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for mine iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him, and by Jesus' stripes we are healed. Go to Matthew 8, 17. Write this down, 8, 17. Go to 1 Peter 2, 24. We were healed. By Jesus' stripes, you were healed. And ask the devil if he can read and read these scriptures to him and say, this is what the Bible says. Now, he will challenge you on that. So you've got to make sure that you receive it by faith. Receive it by faith. In Mark 11, let's go there real quick. Mark 11. Twenty-two. Actually, let's back up a little bit. I'm just going to read the whole passage in verse 12. Because this is what you have to do. This is how you need to respond to the accusations. Before we go to verse 12, let's go, let's skip over there to verse 24. Therefore, I say to you, what Ever things you ask when you pray, and that word ask means to ask, call for, or require. So if you've already received it by Christ, you know, you, you just claim it by faith. You can go to the Father in the name of Jesus. It says that in John 16, but you also can just claim it in the name of Jesus. We see that in John 14. But ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So you have to assess in your heart, have I meditated on the word and allowed faith to rise in my heart? The faith that I used yesterday was expended. You got to get more. 
Yeah, faith is already in your heart, but it's in seed form, and it's just like a muscle. You got to keep working it out, keep working it out, keep working it out. So don't go, go beyond your measure of faith when you haven't been feeding on the word of God. Go back to the word, to the scriptures that promise you what you need. And then believe that you receive it by faith by either going to the Father and asking or just claiming it in the name of Jesus. All right, so back in verse 12. Now the next day when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. Jesus was hungry and seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came uh, to it, he found nothing but leaves for it was a season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it. You see, that was Jesus' uh, example to us. He responded to things that said other than what God's word said. He responded uh, to sickness and disease. He responded to poverty and lack. He responded to to the voice of the enemy telling him what he didn't have. He responded, let no one eat from you ever again. So there was some reason uh, he responded to this fig tree, I guess, because there were no figs on it. And, uh, you know, and he basically, it was an example to his disciples that they could go back and learn from this process of speaking and and claiming what you need. So let's move on there. Verse 15, actually we can go on verse 20. So, So they were walking back. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Something had taken place in that fig tree The power of God had come to the root of that tree and gone up and performed something. You see, that's what's happening when you believe that you receive by faith, I am healed, I am whole, or I am prospered, or I am free. When you believe that and you start speaking that, then you allow the power of God to push that sickness out, to push that disease out. See, Christ already provided it for you, but you've got to say something. And the, the power of God's word in your words, we follow his example, it will push to production and manifest. It will come to pass. So that he was teaching his disciples something through this experience. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered away. So, so this is uh, the context of where we get Matthew 22 there. But let's go back there. Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And then let's go back here. Uh, let's, let's go back to verse 13. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing. Has there, has there been times in your life when you needed healing, but you didn't find healing? You needed prosperity, but there wasn't no money in the bank. You needed peace, but uh, all you have is anxiety. You need some things, but there's nothing. How do you change that situation? How do you get the blessings of God on that situation? Jesus told you how to do it. What you've got to do is speak to that thing. What you do if you're dealing with sickness and disease, I say in Jesus' name, body, you are healed and whole. Jesus died for my sickness and disease. Therefore, I speak health and healing over my body. 
and whatever specific area you need healing, because healing denotes a process, actually divine health denotes a, a complete health for your entire body. But we just take it one step at a time until we get more skilled to take the whole loaf. All right, you just eat bites of the loaf at first. So healing is the bite. Health is the whole loaf. All right, does that help? You take bites. At, you know, so what you do is say, in Jesus' name, I command my leg to line up with the word of God. Yeah. Jesus' name. Or you can say, Father, I ask you to minister healing to my leg. So you just take it by faith and you believe that you receive that. And then you go your way. Thank you, Lord, I'm healed. And you know, he may be limping. Thank you, Lord, I'm healed. Thank you, Lord, I'm healed. Hallelujah, I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. That's what Jesus was telling them. When things seem withered in your life, turn the word back around it, on it, and let God's life uh, bring it to life. Amen. So we call those things that be not as though they were. We call those things that be not. What be not? Health and healing. So we speak to our leg and say, you're healed in Jesus' name. We don't deny that we're dealing with symptoms and disease. We call those things that be not as though they were. What be not? Health and healing. So we call it healed. We call it as if we were feeling it already. We call it as if it's already there. Amen. So verse 22, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God, or that's have the faith of God. So we all have a measure of faith in our heart. We see that in Romans uh, chapter 12, that we all have a measure of faith. Really, it's a seed of faith that as you feed the word of God, as you feed your spirit, you develop your heart by feeding on the word of God and by saying something. In other words, you've got to just start speaking your faith and using your faith for small things around you. I mean, don't just start out with cancer, all right? Believe God for a pencil. You know, it just, I tell you what, use your faith to walk in love. Because, you know, our faith works by love. So just start working on that area right now. In other words, lay down offense. That's the process. You got to lay something down first. So you got faith understanding. You got to walk in love. Need to walk in love. Your faith don't work because you're not walking in love. So you understand that, and, and so you do something with it. And I love you. Didn't matter how she treated me last week, but I love her. <laughs> no, she she never she she did great. Yeah. Uh, you know, Teresa, I love you. I, you know, I remember that time last year, but I still love you. <laughs> <laughs> memories will come. I'm just joking. You know, memories will come, but it's not the memory of the thing. You know, if you, if you allow that memory to get you out of faith, you're going to lose out. So let go of the memories. Yeah, but you don't know what they've done to me. Let go of the memories of it and take health and healing by walking in love. First and foremost. So build your faith by just walking in love. How do you walk in love? Well, you take the word of God and you start saying it. I love you. I love you. I love you. 
Doesn't matter what they say, what they act, I love you. And sometimes we have to love from long distance, moving right along. <laughs> For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done or will come to pass. He will have whatever he says. Now, Jesus was in... in you know, looking at mountains and he was using the mountain as an example, but we could say this for surely I say unto you, whoever says be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. So we talk about how the saying is three times over the believing there, but you've got to believe in your heart, but you got to say it. 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 I love you. I'm healed. I'm full of life. You just got to start speaking the word of God throughout the day, no matter what you feel like. Now let's go back to this anxiety stuff. So we talked about how somebody can, can be, can be conditioned uh, to yield to anxiety. And we gave an illustration, for instance, when this little girl was just young and mama gave her a bunny. She loves bunnies, right? And, and, uh, but the thing is, mama left and somebody came in the room and, and abused that little girl. That's a sad situation, right? Yeah. Well, for years to come, every time she sees a bunny, she also feels the feelings of that abuse. That's anxiety. And, and that's a conditioning process. I know psychologically uh, they, they've done uh, uh, tests on individuals and they condition them that they will bring something and they'll, they'll set an object by them. Then they'll actually uh, uh, hit them in the arm several times when that object is there. And they're conditioning them every time they see that object they actually start feeling the pain, whether somebody hits them or not. They're conditioned. Well, the enemy, what he will do is he will come and get in your ear. It's a spirit of fear. And he's trying to talk to you about impending doom. He's trying to talk to you about sickness and disease. He's trying to talk to you about how you're never going to get over this addiction. He's trying to talk. And then what happens, it triggers the autonomic system, which releases hormones into the body. And then you get this elated feeling which when it goes on day after day after day after day, it floods your system and it's abnormal because your system was not built to handle long extended times of this elation or what we call anxiety. And really what it is, we're reacting to our reactions. We're reacting to this hormonal release in our body and therefore it just couples and it floods and it floods and therefore, you know, we're a train wreck going somewhere to happen. And it all stems back from a time when we were conditioned and every time we see something that reminds us of that abuse, it's triggered. And there are several things in our life that we don't realize that can trigger things. I mean, some, somebody can look at uh, whatever. They can look at a rock, and it triggered something. They can smell perfume, and it triggers something. They can smell cologne because maybe somebody was, you know, I'm not trying to get off on abuse, but, you know, people have been, they, uh, they, can, they can smell cologne, and, and it happened to be the cologne of their abuser, and, and it triggers. You understand? And we react to the feelings. Yes. 
But what we've got to do is understand that it is that spirit of fear that is bringing the thoughts back to us every time we see or smell something that, that is triggering that thing. And, and he'll bring the thoughts of you're never going to get through this. You're always, and, 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 and the anxiety ensues. And just floods our system. And therefore, it breaks us down physically speaking because large amounts of anxiety were, you know, our body was not meant to handle large amounts. And it breaks us down physically and it, it incapacitates and it depletes us of chemicals like serotonin and other things in our body. Well, now you got a good uh, uh, lesson there on physiological things. Physiological just means the physical, but it deals with the brain. And the brain is what triggers other things to release those hormones in your body. And it's called autonomic system, okay? Yeah. So anyway, our system's flooded with this, and we're reacting to the shaking. Something's wrong with me. Something's wrong with me. And we're seeing that abuse years ago. And the middle man, we forgot about him, Satan. He's the one that brought the thought. But we think it's all because of that time 20 years ago. And we've got to stop looking at the past and look ahead. And what does God's word say? We've been redeemed from that oppressive state of mind. Yeah, but how do I get rid of the feelings? You've got to start dealing with the thoughts. Now understand, the feelings are going to be there because we've been a steward of these feelings for years and we've allowed this anxiety for years. Therefore, uh, you, just, you can be a triggered and just be a split second and you're feeling this way. We've just got to stop reacting to our reactions, stop reacting to our feelings, and we've got to start immediately going to the Word of God. Now, if we're in faith for that situation, listen up, if we're in faith for that situation, we will have already laid it down by faith. Lord, I lay that abusive situation down. I lay down what that person did to me. I forgive anything I need to forgive myself of. I lay it all down by faith. And then you start speaking, I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. So the thought... That, or maybe you see something, it produces a thought, and it's triggered, and the feelings come. You say, in Jesus' name, get out of here. And you speak to your body. You speak to the devil, that spirit of fear that's talking to you. But you also speak to your body and tell it to line up. No, in Jesus' name, I'm free from that thing. And the spirit of the law of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and of death. And I've been redeemed. And he took my oppression of mine, and, he, and I'm free, and I'm no longer a victim. What somebody did to you yesterday, last year, five years ago, 20 years ago, or what they did to somebody 200 years ago, I am not a victim. Jesus paid the price. Jesus paid the price. Amen. So we've got to realize uh, that the only way to stop these feelings or to to deal with anxiety is to deal with the thoughts and speak the word of God. Get into faith. Acknowledge something happened to you. And I was talking to individuals. You know, if I'm sitting with somebody in uh, spiritual guidance and, and they... Uh, revealed to me that they were an uh, uh, abuse victim or that. I ministered to them I, and I let them know, look, that's horrific. 
That's terrible. I'm sorry that you ever had to deal with that. I mean, I give them some compassion. Yes. I under- I, I've been there, done that. I understand. And, and I give them some compassion. I don't say to them, get over it. That'll just, that, yeah, that's, you just don't do that. Use some compassion and let, let the Spirit of God minister to that person. All right, you don't need to dig up every rock and ask them what happened. Okay, let's go through all the details of it. You, you don't need to do that. Just say, look, that's terrible. I'm sorry that happened. Now that you've acknowledged it, what do we need to do? Do you need to forgive yourself? You need to forgive that person? You know, let's lay it down. Let's lay it down by faith. And, and you share scriptures with them about how God wants to put in the oil and the wine. You share scripture uh, to them how, how Jesus took that oppression. You share scriptures with them how he healed you and, and, and saved you from destruction. And that destruction that took place in your life at that time, did you know you've been freed from it? Now you just got to get free from the mental image of it. Well, how do I get free from the mental image? And, and I got to get free from the feelings of it, really. Well, in order for you to have the feelings... But, you know, the right kind of feelings. First of all, you got to deal with this thing. You got to get the word in your heart, acknowledge it, because understanding comes and I need to deal with it. Lay it down by faith, all right, that I'm free, I'm no longer a victim. And then that spirit of fear comes to you and wags his finger and says, Well, you know, remember this that happened to you? Feel this? No, in Jesus' name, I'm free. In Jesus' name, I'm free. In Jesus' name, I'm free. Now, the feelings are still there because, you know, the thoughts, but you, you move on Amen. and put in a CD, call a friend, do what you have to do. I mean, just watch, watch a, 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 a movie that exhorts you, doesn't tear you down. And, you know, don't watch a bunch of junk that just, you know, I was talking about how you can watch actually a good movie, but it has one scene in it that brings all the thoughts back. Learn to turn the channel. I mean, Okay. Moving right along. Praise the Lord. So anxiety is an abnormal or overwhelming sense of apprehension and fear often marked by psychological signs as sweating, tension, increased pulse, by doubt concerning the reality and nature of the threat, and by self-doubt about one's capacity to cope with it. Let's go back to Luke 4. In other words, it's a fear of failure. Now, people can be born with depletion of chemicals in their body and therefore they have to put them on medications, what have you, or you know, you may have to go on medication because for years you've been yielding to the anxiety and and your chemicals will become depleted. But I tell people, you'll just keep circling around the same mountain again and again and again that you you take the medication for now. There's nothing wrong with that. You, You need something. But you'll just keep circling around the same mountain, just like the Israelites did, if you don't put it down, give it to God, and receive health and healing. Receive freedom. If you don't lay that abuse down, if you don't lay whatever uh, sickness and disease, if you don't lay it down, oppression of mind, if you don't lay it down, then you can't pick up healing. you got to lay it down first. And we gave the illustration of when I go to the store and I buy a new suit, I don't put it on over my old clothes. You know, it didn't, doesn't fit. And the, you know, the store clerk says, uh, well, you might want to take off your other skirt. Huh? So you take off, yeah, well, this fits now. And a lot of people are trying to put their healing on over their sickness and disease. 
In other words, they're going home talking about how it's flu season, going home and talking about this, and they're watching this. In other words, they had the same old mentality, and they're trying to put on at the same time. You got to put off the old so that you can put on the new. And you got to stop looking back. You got to stop looking at, you got to stop listening to the lies of the enemy. The feelings will come because you've been a good steward. (laughs) The feelings will come. But start being a steward of God's word and eventually those feelings will change. Eventually symptoms will turn around. Amen. Eventually oppression of mind and and, and the things that used to dog you for years, you'll see the light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. So in 4, verse 1 of Luke, then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And we talked about how Jesus dealt uh, with the devil. He spoke the word, but he did it with, filled with the Spirit. And I want to read a scripture to you here. What did I do with that scripture? Aha, there it is. Hebrews 1 Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. We're going to read that real quick. Hebrews 1. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time, you know, keep your finger there in Luke, spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, notice something, upholding all things by the word of his power. Let me read something that Reverend Charles Capp said. By the power of his, he didn't say, if he had said, by the power of his word, then you could say there is some power in his word, but not all power. But he didn't say that. He did not say by the power of his word. He upholds all things by the word of his power. The spoken word of God is his power. It was his creative ability of of words that released his faith. So the word of his power, we've got to... Uh, get a hold of being filled with the Spirit of God and speaking the Word of God with power. The Word of His power. We speak it by the power of the Holy Ghost and that power goes forth and it produces what we need. And Jesus understood that because he went into that uh, time of temptation. And and let's go to verse 3. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, Notice, if you are the son of God, he wanted to plant a seed into him to doubt who he was. And that's the first thing that Satan tries to do to us is get us to doubt who we are in Christ. Because when we start doubting who we are in Christ, then we start doubting what we received at salvation. Jesus answered him saying, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. So he was telling us how to counteract the accusations of the devil by the word. Then the devil taking him up on a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in the moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I give to you and their glory. 
For this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you shall worship before me, all will be yours. The devil was lying. He will try to get you to believe you don't have any authority. He will try to get you to believe that he's got authority over you. But he will only have authority over you if you relinquish your authority. In other words, his authority only comes with what we give him. Because it's my authority. Now, he does have authority over those who are not Christians. Because Adam relinquished his authority to the devil. But when you became a Christian, you got it back. So that's deceptive. He was trying to give Jesus or tell Jesus, I'll give you something Jesus already had over him. Don't let him deceive you into thinking you have no authority because we have gained back the authority that Adam lost. In verse 8, and Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered to him, It has been said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. In other words, we need to use wisdom, not do stupid things and then expect God to bail us out. We're going against our faith is what we're doing. All right, verse 13. Now, when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him forever. No, that's a reverse stand version. He departed from him until an opportune time. He departed from him, and that opportune time means a season. He will come back in seasons of your life when you are dealing with symptoms, when you are dealing with, and you're you're standing, doing all, or maybe you're not even in faith. Oh, he'll really get you then. And the the accuser of the brethren will come, that spirit of fear, and we talked about how that fear can get down in us, not a spirit getting down in us. As Christians, uh, we cannot be possessed with the spirit in our spirit man. Now, non-believers can, and you got to cast that spirit out, Uh, but a spirit can oppress your mind, a spirit can bring sickness on your body, you know, those type of things, that's why we got to rebuke it, but it can't get down into your spirit. But that mentality of fear... Remember Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Thinketh, heart. Okay, so you start thinking on something, and eventually that troubling thought gets down into your heart. Distress. Jesus said, said, don't, you know, don't let trouble into your heart. Don't be agitated. Don't be distressed. Don't, and, and, and don't be offended. Don't let that offense get down into your heart. Don't let all evil and bitterness get down into your heart. So when we start thinking, all those things are cleared out of our heart at salvation because we become a new creature in Christ. But then we start meditating uh, on the things of the past, the offenses of the past, the troubles of the past. And uh, the devil comes and wags his finger and starts accusing us. And if we start looking at that, it will get back into our heart. How do you push it back out? Uh, Well, you got to start speaking your faith. So what do you do? Understanding comes as you meditate on the word of God. 
And then you lay down by faith, oppression. You lay down sickness and disease. You lay down whatever you need to, and you pick up. Thank you, Lord. I believe that I receive healing. Thank you, Lord. I'm healed. I'm whole. I'm full of life. I'm strong. Hallelujah. And that's the process that we have. But you've got to, and the devil, whether he comes to you before you're in faith or comes to you when you're in faith, you just have to counteract it with the word of God. Whatever he tells you you can't have, if you're already in faith, you just stand on what you already have. Tell him to shut up. But if he starts telling you you can't have something uh, and you don't know if he can or not, go in the word and find out. Amen. All right. So, praise the Lord. Second Corinthians 4.13 says, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed, and therefore I spoke. We also believe, and therefore speak. So our words of faith are the avenue that God's power flows on. Our words of faith push the power or life of God to production. Proverbs 18.21 says... Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Proverbs 15.4, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. Things can get down into your heart, and you've got to push them out by speaking God's word. How do you push out sadness? You yield to joy. How do you push out oppression? You yield to peace. Draw from the wells of salvation. Draw, and and salvation is all-inclusive. You've got threefold redemption. You've been forgiven. First, that you you received Christ. You're forgiven that you didn't receive him at first, but now you come to the throne of grace. You receive him as Lord and Savior. And then if you need forgiveness after that, you've got it. Just come to him and ask for forgiveness when you need it so that you've received forgiveness. Uh, you've been redeemed from spiritual death. And then number two, you've been redeemed from sickness and disease. And number three, you've been redeemed from poverty and lack. Yes. And you've got the fruit of the spirit inside of you and it's in seed form, but you've got to use it in order to push out the junk yes. that you've allowed back in. Yes. Because that salvation, your, your spirit it became completely clean of all this stuff. But we see over in Acts 8, Simon the sorcerer became saved and, and, and he sat under Philip's ministry and, and then uh, you know, all of a sudden Peter is telling him, you have bitterness in your heart. Yeah. He allowed bitterness yeah. back in yeah. because he looked at his past lifestyle. We can allow bitterness. We can allow offense. We can allow mentalities of sickness and disease. And therefore, we, we end up with symptoms of these things. And we can allow a big crop of anxiety going on because of all the problems in our life that we're looking at. And the only way to to deal with that is to get the word of God, faith's understanding rising in the heart, put it down by faith and take up the word of God that sets it into place, solidifies it, pushes into production uh, your manifestation by speaking, by speaking, by speaking, by speaking, and by doing what the Holy Ghost tells you to do. If you're laying in bed at 12 in the afternoon, with symptoms of sickness, and the Holy Ghost says, get up. Healed people, get up out of bed. Maybe you need to rest. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it's wrong to be in bed. Maybe you need to rest. But just follow the witness of the Spirit of God. 
So Proverbs 11.30 says the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And just real quickly, we'll go to John 15, real quickly. John 15. Because we're, we're teaching you how to push oppression out. We're teaching you how to renew your mind and develop your spirit. Your mind will think on godly thoughts and your spirit will be full of peace, love, faith, joy, kindness. In other words, you're, you're producing these things because you're speaking, you're speaking, you're speaking, you're acting on what you're hearing. And therefore it's coming to pass in your life. And eventually those feelings will change. Amen? Amen. You may say, well, I, I was born with a depletion of serotonin in my brain. I understand that. So you, you're on medication right now. Take God's word that says, by Jesus' stripes, you're healed. Amen. And Amen. speak it, speak it, speak it, speak it yep. until the doctor says, hey, you can get off that now. Amen. All right? So, so anyway, you're healed and whole. But you've got to do it in the midst of what you're feeling. Because the soul represents the mind, the will, and the emotions. You've got the spirit of man, you've got the soul of man, and you've got the body. So we have a body, uh, but our spirit man should rule us. And many times it's the soul that's ruling. So the soul represents what? The mind, the will, and the emotions. Yeah, yeah. Praise the Lord. Uh, so we want to change, if our emotional realm is going away, we want to change that by accepting what his word says, by laying down oppression, and by picking up peace. Drawing from our spirit, where the divine life of God is. In John 15, 1, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. So first of all, we start out with no fruit. Really, you've got fruit inside of you. It's just in seed form. And you've got to feed it. How do you feed it? You, you uh, hear and you do. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So when you prune what's going on inside, this is what you're doing. You're pushing out sadness. Yeah. By the, it's the power of God that's pruning what's going on. And you push out sadness by using your faith. You push out offense by being gentle and kind to people. You're using your faith to walk in love, and therefore offense is being pushed out, and your mind is being renewed. It's being set, and every time you, you, know, you think of that person, I love them, I love them, I love them. But the enemy will come to challenge that, because he wants it to get back down into your heart, and he wants you to start being ruled by those feelings again. So you didn't, you know, so you needed that fruit to grow. How does it grow? By standing, by accepting the word of God, believing that you receive, and by saying it with your mouth. Verse 3, you already are clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit. What do you mean you're already clean? Well, you're righteous. You see, God sees you as righteous even if you're living unrighteously. He sees you in him as clean. By the blood. Now you just receive it and start walking it out. He sees you complete. 
He sees you healed. He sees you prospered. He sees you free. And when you don't see yourself free, then you allow the devil to ransack, bring anxiety, bring oppression. And I'm telling you, some of those things, because you've been a steward of them for so many years, are still going to be taking place. But eventually, it's just like a tree that you cut off from the roots and the way and, and the leaves are wagging in the breeze, but eventually that whole tree is going to die. And you can cut off oppression from your home. Yeah, but what about this person? Well, what about you? You get the word of God. You start speaking it. You change the atmosphere of your home. And if somebody challenges that, you got to tell them, no longer. Is that accepted in this place? Now, give them some time to grow. But if they're not going to, then you have to do it long distance, don't you? Well, moving on. Okay. So it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. So you've got no fruit, then you got fruit, then you got more fruit, then you got much fruit. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. But it's a process, just like building a muscle. you got to start out with this little weight. Then you move up, you know, five pounds, ten pounds, you know. And, and, and the more that you lift that weight, the more that muscle is going to grow and the more that you're going to be able to pick up because you're stronger. So I'm just telling you, start working your faith out. How do I work my faith out? Attend to the word. Understanding comes to the heart. Act on it by putting down the sickness and the disease and by speaking the word of God, putting on the new man. In other words, I take healing. So you had to lay down sickness, take healing. Lay down oppression, take peace. Lay down sadness, take joy. Amen? So it's a process, and that's the only way that it's going to grow in your life. Praise the Lord. If you would like more information about Pastor Debbie Eberly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147. Or you can write to us at Spirit of Faith Family Church, Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. And remember, God loves you, and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life. 